Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I was uh, listening with some interest about uh, the chaos at the airport. I guess yesterday was the first official day that international travelers would have to do the three-day stay. Well, it's the first day that the federal rules kicked in. Right. But Ontario had already had theirs. So, of course, in a shocking turn of events, when government gets involved in organizing anything, it's a poop show. (laughs) They supposedly, I guess, had set up some toll-free 1-800 number that people flying in could call because you got to book your own room. Right. And uh, they would get put on hold for like up to three hours or they get disconnected, couldn't get a hold of anybody. So many people couldn't even book the room, especially if you consider, you know, it's tough enough calling from like the C- the U.S. into Canada sometimes to try to be calling from somewhere in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get through on this line. Uh, they couldn't. Then when they got to the airport, the shuttles that were supposed to take them around to the hotels, well, either there wasn't enough or anyhow. So that was all backed up. Meanwhile, you're trying to keep people away from one another, and now you got uh, you know the airport full of people waiting to get to these or find a way to get to these hotels that they can't seem to get booked into. All for $2,000. Thank you very much. I'd rather stay at Bates Motel. <laughs> I'd stay at that Cecil Hotel in downtown right, yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't know what uh, you know the, how clear it is uh, in foreign countries that you know, Canada has this, you know, we only have travel advisories yeah. if you're booking a flight to somewhere and they let you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that they do, but, you know, assumptions are never quite safe. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard about those those troubles and those frustrations. Um, and there's a sympathetic ear for, for some who are, uh, you know, going through, uh, you know, dire situations and, uh, you know, traveling out of necessity for family emergencies or, or whatever, but mm. you know, it, unfortunately, the times are what they are, and you know, the it, it's it's one of those uh, it, it, a, a real a microcosm. Well, what's going on in, in this whole pandemic where people just are upset, mm. and it doesn't matter what the news was. We were upset that people were being allowed to travel, and then people are upset that those who are traveling are now have to go through this mm-hmm. process, that this isn't be, being done right. It's, there's no, you know, it's so easy to armchair quarterback all of this and say, well, you know, this should have been done differently. This, instituting a policy like this in the middle of a week is not, is not an easy thing to do. It should have been done a long time ago. Well, I this agree with that argument. The ongoing case with COVID is we're always six steps behind. Wait, six months behind, uh, yeah. you know, in, in some situations like this one. But that being said, I mean, you know, when you just start, we don't like changing, you know, the the time we wake up in the morning. Mm. When you're changing complete policies about immigration, it gets a little tougher. Well, the one hour time change twice a year screws oh, us screws up. screws everybody up. Yeah, look, I just, the $2,000 just doesn't sit well with me. I could go to an all-inclusive resort somewhere down south for seven days, open bar, flight in, all the food I want for sometimes less than two grand. Well, some are saying I'm it's I'm not. Getting the, I'm getting the clover leaf. I think they were preparing people for the worst. I don't think, because I think some have come in and said, okay, it didn't cost me two grand. Mm. It, got, it was three days, got out of there in, in you know, a few hundred bucks or, or not that little, but about a thousand dollars. And overall, I think that $2,000 mark was more of a deterrent, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are speeding tickets out there that you, you, re, you see the signs, you think 295 mm. for going 40 over, forget it. 
And then you realize, well, it's probably going to get bumped down. It's not going to be that. It's a deterrent. I wonder what would happen, though, if you stood in the airport and just said, no, I, you're not forcing me to go to a hotel. I mean, what are the laws here? I, I know they say it's mandatory. Well, if you say, no, I won't do it, are they carting your arse off to jail? Uh, or to that, uh, or to that uh, hotel, yeah. From what doesn't I understand. It, doesn't, it, doesn't it? I know. I know we're under a pandemic and it's a whole new world and I get all that. But isn't that a little concerning? Wouldn't you be a little concerned? I mean, put yourself in that spot that you were. I know you're willing to comply, and and I probably would too. But say you were just adamant. Is it right that they get to force you to go there or yes. force you to jail? Yes, because that's how you you decided to travel, mm. and you decide. And there's a pandemic going on, and until you show, it's not like you're going to jail for six months. For defying this. You're going to jail until you cr- provide a negative test. And so if you haven't provided that negative test, then you're going to a hotel until you can provide one. It, it's, you know, it, there yeah, are... Yeah, but at your cost. That that That's also, I think... But it was your cost problem. to travel and your yeah, decision. No one, no, one, no one forced you on the plane and said, here, you've got to pay this. You put yourself on that yeah, plane. Yeah, but not everybody's just going down to Costa Rica for a seven-day getaway. I Some understand people are going that. for family emergencies or this or that. There's a million different reasons. And I said, there's a sympathetic ear that I have for that. But the problem is, is that there's many people who've gone through family emergencies and haven't been able to go anywhere. Mm. Or have had people die in this and haven't been able to go to a funeral. Uh, and uh, and so we've all got to deal with this. We've got all you got to play by the rules. Do I do I think some of them are draconian? Yes. Do I think you know some people would get their day in court and they get to battle this if they want to? But to just blanket and say, well, I don't like this rule. I'm not following it. Mm. All right. Uh, you know, take me to take me to jail. I'm going to prove some point. You know, you're. You're, you're just being an idiot through all of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I know you're very adamant about this, but I just question it, and I wonder why, and does it all make sense? Why do you sense? question it? Because I just think whenever somebody's in a spot, if, if this were you, if somehow your mom and dad ended up in England and got really sick and you had to go over there and help them, you'd be the first stomping your feet saying, I shouldn't have to do this. I had to go to England to save my dad. But because you're not in it, you just think, oh, you're a moron because you went away, and screw you, pay the 2000 I said, and I just question why. What's the deal? Do we have to do it? Are we being forced to go to jail? Are there fines? I mean, literally, your government is telling you you'll do as I say. Again, I know we're in a pandemic. We've yeah, never you're been in, in a before. pandemic. Yeah, I get it. You just like, like, but okay. But so what do you, so what do you want though? I don't know what I want. Well, I'm just can I ask questions? No, because yeah. you're no, so you're, certain. No, you're you can't. Dead, okay, you got to go away because your dad's sick, and you're just gonna go. You got to come home. Then I've got to prepare to spend two thousand dollars over a couple it. of weeks. Yes, because you have to quarantine. What are you gonna complain? Of course, I'm gonna come. Yes, I'll complain about it, Craig. But who's gonna listen? Are you going to listen when I come back in here and I've got I've gone to a country that perhaps has that that virus spreading around and I just walk into here and I well, and cough listen. on you or you, well, you, you would rather listen to me? First of all, that's not going to happen because you wouldn't. Number two, we've got a screen. But you don't for, know that. But that's you, the problem. Dude, that's why these people are being sent there is because you don't know but that not, they're going to quarantine when they get so, back. Whatever the government says. Fine with me. I didn't say government that. Government says from now on you got to wear a blindfold I didn't and you got to take half of your salary and give it to the homeless. You're going to line up and do it. There's the problem: is that when you have a problem with this, you go to some bloody extreme. I just, what's wrong with asking a question? You're just willing to fold and do as you're told. 
I am willing. I would check into. Of course I would. I know. I'm just asking, is it fair or legal or what? The answer we can't is yes. Have this okay. So the from now the on, answer, the answer is yes. No. Okay. It's legal. From now on, when we talk about COVID, but you asked the question and I answered it. No, but you're furious that I even ask it. You're well, furious that people have the gall to ask a question. I'll tell you what, Lucky. Then from now on, on this radio show, whatever is decided about COVID, it's right. Government, we won't even have the conversation anymore. Well, done. If they say, hey, guess what? Your kids have to go live in a cage for six months in a, uh, below a mountain. I'll just say, fine. Lucky says it's the way it has to be, so that's what it is. I didn't say that. Well, no, you, but you don't question. You don't question. You just decide, yep, government's right. And the everybody qu who questions is just being a J-hole. I didn't, the question isn't, wasn't the government right to do it? The question is, are they allowed to do it? And the answer is yes. And can I have the question of, do, can I, am I being forced? Do I have to, to agree yes. with this? But, but you don't you have just, to agree with it. You have to do it. Okay. You don't have to agree with it. Now I hear, though, that you can say no and you get fined and you'll end up in court at some point. You, I don't think so. I think if you say no, you're going to either jail or you're going to quarantine. You don't get to say no and then just decide, well, I'm just going to go home. Okay. So from now on, we'll just be sheep and we'll just do as we're told. Yes? That's what we'll do? We'll just do as we're told. Follow the, follow the rules. Okay. Let's all get through this. So when COVID's done, and hopefully it's over so we never have to speak about it again, but I know probably another year or what so. What would you rather do? Because here's the problem I have is that you come up and say, I, wanna, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But no one's got a solution that's better other than let old people die and we'll just move on. So is that what you want to do? I, I don't know, Lucky. No, of course I don't want old people dying. But now you've got vaccines and you're already talking about the numbers. yet. But you're already talking about the numbers being down. Because you're not in the spot, you, you're fine with it all. But the minute you're in the spot is when you're going to get your backup. Not, That's not, my only Not point. for one second have I said I'm fine with this. I'm tired of it. I don't want to deal with any of this anymore. But the fact is we are. And we're making our way through it. And we've seen positive results, yes. Are we at the finish line? By no means. And people are still dying. There's still people in hospital. There's still people who are affected by this. We are not. I put on a mask for a couple of days. I come in for a couple of minutes uh, to walk in here and to walk out. I haven't lost my job. I haven't lost my salary. That's I right. feel awful for people who have. But you're quick to pounce on anybody who I'm looks at it differently. I'm not pouncing on anyone. Oh, you do. The minute anybody does something different or thinks differently about it, you're just adamant that they're a moron and they're not following the rules and they don't care about anybody else. I'll tell you what. I'm a politics major. I've studied politics. I've been through it. I know that this is what happens. Politics is about argument. Mm -hmm. And you are welcome to have that argument. But rules are what rules are. And if you want to say, and I can just do whatever the hell I want because I disagree with your politics, that's wrong. You can argue it all you want. You want to take it to court? Go ahead. Adam Skelly wants to take this to court? Yeah. I've, I've watched. He's got some good arguments there. Happy to go. The problem is if he loses, his side is probably going to complain that the system was rigged against sure. him anyway. Sure. Right? Which is not fair. You can't, have that, you can't have that out before you have the argument. But the problem is go ahead and have the argument. I'm open to it. You want to have the argument with me? I may listen to it. I'm just tired of it as well. I, you know what? Moving forward, I just get concerned with you that anytime something like this happened yesterday and I bring it up and start saying, well, what about this, that, or the other? You just go, ah, it's the rules. If they don't follow it, they're idiots. That, that's just it with you. They're morons and you're not. I no, I'm not calling names out at all. I'm just saying, listen, it, you're asking, is that a rule? Can they do this? And the answer is yes. Is it nine o'clock yet? Not quite. I've had enough. 
So there's a, a woman who um, has a hobby. She likes to explore Google Earth for unmapped places. Mm. And she found an island in the Pacific Ocean that qualifies as that. The odd thing about this island is it's uh, shaped like male genitalia. <laughs> Part of the Trinity Islands, which are just off the coast of a French territory called New Caledonia, about 750 miles east of Australia. So it's not like she can claim it as her own. I guess she wanted to go to war with France to get it. But she shared it with her Facebook group of other explorers, and they were all very impressed by her discovery and the island's notable shape. Which makes this story even better is her quote about the island. <laughs> she says... I'd love to go and travel there and just sit on that dick. <laughs> I think I'm actually in love with her. <laughs> she wins today. Was watching um, Saturday night SNL 10 o'clock. They do a, they show an old episode and uh, they they have an hour version of it. So they chop out uh, half an hour worth of the content. And then at 11.30, you get the new episode. And so they showed a Britney Spears one. I think it was 2000. Man, she was so young. And at some point, I think they made reference to her being 18. And you really see, because I haven't, I haven't watched this Britney Spears documentary yet, but everybody says, you know, it really, you see how she was kind of taken advantage of mm. as a young woman and also really made to feel guilty about the things she was doing. You know, there's interviewers supposedly that say, like, what, you know, you're influencing young girls and putting on this kind of sexy thing, and you're so young yourself. Right. And Meanwhile, though, she's on SNL, and they're doing this whole bit in her opening monologue about how her boobs are real. And I, I, it was all just a little creepy. Okay. You know? It, it, hindsight? It, hindsight. Now, I'm sure in the year 2000, when I probably watched that, I was probably tongue-a-wagging. <laughs> I was probably, you know, she, I mean, she's a beautiful young lady. But as I, you know, years go by and you look back and you're like, 18, that's so young. It's right. so young. And it's funny with this SNL now, uh, this one they show at 10 o'clock. Uh, a lot of the stuff, I'd, I'd like to know what ends up on the editing room floor. Because I bet you Lauren Michaels and the rest of them have to go back, watch it and go, that won't play right now. Yeah. You know, this, that, or the other thing. And, I, and it doesn't even have to be from that long ago. Look, I'm watching Californication again. Maria's never seen it, so we're watching it. Man, the language and the references, and that show I think ended in 2014, so not that long ago. Okay. But times have changed even from then. Is that David Duchovny? Yeah, yeah. Right. Hank Moody and the uh, Coke Smurf. I heard this morning as well that I think it's uh, Disney Plus that it's going to be streaming like the first five seasons of The Muppet Show. Hmm. And they have to put a like a warning, a disclaimer at the start of it. Wow, see? See right? how the world's changed? Now maybe because, I don't know if it's directed at kids, and they say, you know, some of this content might be, you know, what went over then mm. might not go over as well now, whether it's about ethnicities. I don't I don't know if they're making fun of a Swedish chef. I, right. I, I can't remember what the Muppets would have been so... Well, the two crusty guys yeah. up there might have been a little something, but... Well, you know, there have been some shows, like I know that uh, Tina Fey insisted with 30 Rock uh, that on all streaming services, they had to remove one episode because in that episode, they were all in blackface. Okay. So she has uh, asked that to be removed. Meanwhile, um, John Cleese, I guess, is very upset with some British television because they didn't ask his permission to get rid of the episode of Faulty Towers. It's all based on the war and Hitler, and he does this whole duck walk German Hitler thing. 
And uh, and he's very upset with them because, you know, he, he doesn't like the can- uh, culture, uh, cancel culture. And he thinks that shows like comedy shows, they, they take a spin on mm-hmm. things, right? Uh, the old, if you're going to be offended, don't watch. So I don't know. I mean, obviously the blackface you can't have and Tina Fey is not comfortable with it. It was her show, so I think she has the right to ask. But for them just to go and decide, you know, we're not going to air this one because right. we don't think it's right. Uh, by the way, it's, it's I guess, okay to watch the Chappelle show again because mm. Dave Chappelle's been paid out. That's right. By Viacom. Yeah, he so got he, uh, he got paid. So I guess he's okay with it. Yeah. And uh, you want to talk about risque television. There was someone there too. No, for sure. No, there's a lot of stuff. You go back and watch, you know, even, you know, you were watching The Office. Again, not that long ago. There was probably episodes in there where you would go, ooh. Oh, right, for right? sure. But he was always, Michael Scott was that guy. He was that guy who was meant, made to feel, or meant to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. But yeah, he had Stanley, a black character, and yep. they would just get awkward at times. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, are we all too sensitive now, or is it the right path? Some things I think it is the right path. You know, I think for some things it is. Right. For others, sometimes like, oh, come on, really? Are we getting, are we getting, like the Muppets right. and the Swedish Chef. Are we getting all a little too... There, there is some. It's it's funny. I was I was reading. uh, Just reading. Perry Farrell uh, is uh, releasing like a uh, his entire collection of works. Remember him from Porno for Pyros and Jane's Addiction. Yep. Uh, And he had you know bands before that and after and uh, and and he was just kind of saying that you know when it comes to an autobiography or biography for him. He doesn't necessarily want to tell the whole story because he went through like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like in '93, Rolling Stone said he'd be the next guy to die in the wow. next year, kind of thing. Which, by the way, that wouldn't be allowed anymore to have that kind of article sure. written about anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and he just said, you know, how how crazy he was partying and and um, and it was just a uh, it it was an interesting read about it all and just and what he was saying is he doesn't want to really share it with his kids mm. because he wants them to be musicians but it's not the same environment and it's different now and yeah. the world's changed he said back then you know he was protected by other musicians and he you know he was yes he was partying way too hard and it's one of his regrets but it was just something that they did mm-hmm. he said he's not ashamed of it because he created some very good stuff while he did that he mm-hmm. said you know like would you would you cancel works by Salvador Dali because he was on LSD because he, when he right. painted them, right? Uh, you know, or now is is it you know is art uh, untouchable in some senses mm. or is it still or can it be canceled? If you canceled all the music that was ever made while a guy was on drugs, you'd have like two albums. <laughs> <laughs> if you could pick an age, Lucky, that you could just stay at. For the rest of your life, Ooh. what age would you choose? Uh, I, I well, you want a little bit of experience uh, and still some youth. I'd say somewhere we're in the late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, you're not far off. The most common answer was thirty six. Okay. Yeah, and I and I think I'd be like thirty thirty one. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, you got some experience by then. You're probably uh, you know your career is underway on some level. You're you're hopefully you know, stable or, you know, you're either in a relationship or you, you just know what you want. And you, you got prospects. Yeah, things are happening. <laughs> things are happening. Things haven't gone downhill yet. You know, Maria has uh, finally, we've bounced around from house to house and many times with boxes of photos and frames and such have just stayed in boxes and, and not uh, not come out and gone on walls and tabletops and such. But uh, 
this during the pandemic, Maria really went to town emptying boxes and bringing out old photos and such. So now scattered throughout our house are photos of, uh, you know, children growing up and Maria and I, and it's, it's nice. I, I like the, uh, I like the look, but there is a side of me that just, feels bad because it keeps reminding me how young looking I once was. <laughs> how long ago that was. Like there's one. So we got this little uh, glass coffee table and there's a photo of David and me. And I'll look at it and I'll go, oh my gosh, look at, look at how full of life you were. Look, <laughs> the hair was... You're not talking about David. No. <laughs> look at me. I was uh, tanned and the hair was flowing and life was good. And I now I look in the mirror... <laughs> blotchy and graying and so anyhow but yeah uh when people were asked about how old they think they look most say they think they look around five years younger than they are and they feel about six years younger okay and again it's you know you trick yourself sometimes because you'll look in the mirror and go hey i look pretty good you know for my age if you're going out somewhere and you cleaned yourself up you're like hey i'm holding on i'm doing Mm. all right and then maybe you see a photo of yourself later from that evening where you thought you were looking like a runway model and you look like you're wearing a tent and you look like you're old <laughs> and you go, I don't remember seeing all those wrinkles. And I thought that shirt looked good on me. I, it, it's, it's weird because we, we live in a world now where, you know, age really doesn't matter so much. That's right. Um, you know, it, there's so many options open, but then you you run into people or you run into situations. It could just be like perusing social media and Facebook. Mm. You you find out like someone who you're friends with or acquaintances with, and they have a birthday, and then the people start writing like you know, happy thirty second. You're like, holy crap! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're kids. Yeah. You know, and he thought, boy, I thought I had a lot of co- uh, in common with this person. Realize <laughs> how much older I am. You start to uh, also look at your timeline in your life compared to somebody else. And you go, wow, by that age, I already had two kids and a, you know, yeah. a mortgage and they're just finishing school and getting started or whatever the case may be. Right. And this is a good sign of aging. And I think I see it and I see it in people who are, you know, into their kind of late 60s and, and, uh, and beyond is that at some point we, we stop obsessing about it. You know, that's why I think so many men and, uh, hit that midlife crisis kind of at 45 or 50 because they go, oh, no, it's, you know, it's almost over. Oh, is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, uh, actually, it's funny. It's funny because we'll say, oh, it's my midlife crisis. The reality is probably you already passed the midlife right, point. Yes. Yeah, you thanks know. for the reminder. Uh-huh. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> let's have a drink. Yesterday afternoon, I watched uh, this documentary on uh, Burt Reynolds called I Am Burt Reynolds. They've had a bunch of these. I Am Richard Pryor. I Am Chris Farley. I Am, I Am, all sorts of uh, different ones. And uh, this most recent one was on uh, Burt. And uh, got a little teary-eyed at the end. What yeah, a you're, run. you're a big Burt fan, right? Well, you know, yeah, I, I was. But I don't know that I realized how massive of a star he was in the 70s. Uh, I know that he was the number one at the box office at one point, but I didn't realize it was for five years straight that he was number one at the box office. And to this day, nobody has beaten that record. Really? Will Smith came close there a couple of summers where he had uh, two or three years in a row where he was number one. But uh, they compare him. They had all these different celebrities and directors and stuff, and they're trying to compare careers. And... Even at the heights of Brad Pitt and George Clooney, they say they were not bigger stars and are not bigger stars than Burt Reynolds was in the 70s. 
and the extravagant lifestyle he led and how it all went right down the toilet. He ended up millions of dollars in the hole through bad investments and bad dealings and bad movie picks. And they say the downfall of his career was that nude photo he did for uh, Playgirl or whoever it was. It might have been Chatelaine he did it for, actually. Anyhow, he did that um, shortly after the movie Deliverance, which was his first real dramatic role, which they thought he was Oscar-worthy for. But after that, Hollywood never really took him seriously. And then he kind of screwed himself over with some bad moves and bad movies along the way. Anyhow, right. great story. Uh, and uh, what a life that man led. See, I, you know, I guess probably a, a decade before me, I was, I was too young. I, I remember smoking the Bandit, mm -hmm. but very little of it. Mm -hmm. Probably remember, I would probably remember it more for Dom DeLuise than than uh, than uh, than Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Cannonball Run would have been probably mid '80s would have been more kind of your, right. your stage if you were into him. Listen, he. You know, obviously, uh, an actor who hasn't done uh, and didn't do a whole lot in in later years. No, it, it, the Boogie most nights and the most standout role I can remember him is the, is striptease, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was hilarious. But yes, he made a movie. I never even heard about this. It was just at the end of 2017, and he died shortly after. I think it was called Last Hollywood Star, and it was basically a movie about a man who was nearing the end of his life, who had been a massive uh, movie star, and just looking back at his life and regret and um, the. Uh, the daughter, the brunette from Modern Family, uh, was in that movie with him. Because they kept interviewing her, and I thought, well, what, how the hell does she know Burt Reynolds? Right. But uh, she started in this movie with him. Anyhow, i got to look that up. Anyhow, yeah, if you were uh, in any way a Burt Reynolds fan or just a history of Hollywood in the past, uh, certainly that's on Crave, the part of the I Am series. Other entertainment stuff, uh, since Kanye West and uh, Kim Kardashian are on the market, there's already other celebrities who are trying to date them. <laughs> Roseanne Barr tried to come on to Kanye West with bathing suit photos. I bet he was dashing over to her place. All right. And uh, an actor named Nicholas Braun from the TV show Succession posted a video suggesting Kim Kardashian should give him a shot. Drew Barrymore posed nude for Playboy back in 1995, and Steven Spielberg sent her a copy of the nude photos, but with paper doll clothing covering her skin. She apologized by sending him pictures of herself dressed as a nun. Of course, uh, Stephen would have directed her when she was very young in E.T. Oh, right? gotcha, right. So he had known her her entire life. Twitter, this is a great story. Gwyneth Paltrow just can never stop. Twitter's accusing Gwyneth Paltrow of taking credit for people wearing masks just because she wore one on a trip to Paris last February. <laughs> it's not clear if she actually thinks she started or if she's just saying she was one of the first. So now, of course, people are on Twitter like, I was washing my hands way before this, so right. does that mean I get credit for starting hand washing? If you're into podcasts, this would be an interesting one. I believe a couple of episodes are up on Spotify. Barack Obama and Springsteen doing a podcast called Renegades, Born in the USA. Mm-hmm. Take a listen to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. A couple of things I, I saw about it. I guess they talk about the White House, explain why they kind of felt like outsiders. Uh, and they, they do some singing, too, like Broadway and some Motown songs. Oh, really? Uh, on it as well. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if this is what Springsteen wants in the billing for it, because 
you know, uh, they said part of it is because they've been friends for years of why they got together to do the podcast. And Obama said uh, part of it is there were libations involved. Oh, he doesn't need that I right now. I don't think Bruce <laughs> wants no. any talk of that. No, leave the booze out of it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to it, but I got to believe, though, that uh, Bruce hopefully ups his game in the speaking department. Because if you listen to him speak, it's very low and slow. And right, slow. yeah. And, you know, I think I'd nod off if he talks for too long. <laughs> Sing a song. Do something, Bruce. Uh, Harry Shearer is done providing the voice of Dr. Hibbert on The Simpsons. Hibbert is a black character, and the show is now giving the role to Kevin Michael Richardson. Oh, okay. Changeover will happen this coming Sunday. And I love this. John Mayer says... If you want to write a song about me or the breakup, go ahead as long as it's good. He says, sometimes a song is so good, I go, man, I hope that's about me. <laughs> you know you've dated a lot of women when any song can come on the radio about a breakup and it could be about you. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.